Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Peter Sherman with you and uh, a pleasure as always on a Friday at 4.30 approximately to welcome Conrad Black to the, pro- to the program. Hi, Conrad. Hello, Peter. Uh, the West is a mess. Uh, yeah, I guess it is, pretty much. But Europe is where the well, real troubles are. that was my headline, you know. I, I, I don't think it's that much of a mess. But, it, but it, it's, the, the real point was, our prime minister has a relatively serene horizon, but frankly, I don't think he's done much with this term so far. And, uh, and the other four that I mentioned, the other four members of the Western members of the G7, uh, you know, or indeed uh, all, all the other five, uh, have a have a have a very tumultuous time. All of them. Well, the EU um, is. I, I would say the EU is shaky from my perspective. You study this stuff a lot more than I do, but with Britain trying to uh, play it two ways one on trade and one on the political aspect of it, and May hanging her future on it. And then Germany with a million people that it didn't necessarily want all of in there and uh, Merkel's future hanging on that. And then Trump going in. And the way Germany has been compromised with Russia, too. I mean, Trump is right to raise that point. So we've got all of we've got all of that going on. So I, I guess that the the overriding and, and don't question, leave out the president of France finally getting to grips with the public sector unions, who who in the post de Gaulle history of that country and the pre de Gaulle history of the country, uh, going back to you know the twenties, uh, routinely brought the whole country to its knees. They they were so irresponsible, and and of course Italy is always a three ring circus. Well, Italy, Italy, just having gone through the agonies of the dam, trying to find so much as a person to be prime minister in in uh, what is essentially a, a, a government that's that's not um, viable uh, for any long period of time because none ever is in Italy because of the nature of how they vote, which is proportional. So, having said all of that, Conrad, let me ask the the overriding question: Is the EU survivable? Yeah, I think it is. Uh, I think. Uh, the two great problems it's had uh, have been the the Im- imposed compulsion to ever greater integration and centralization uh, with an unanswerable uh, authority in Brussels. I mean, the fact is the EU is not run by the leaders of the governments of the member states, and it and it is certainly not run or even seriously influenced by that ludicrous tower of Babel of a parliament that has more translators than legislators in it and has no authority anyway. So the result is you have the apparatus in Brussels generally run by uh, Belgians and Dutch and Luxembourgers, and and, uh, we're all unlicensed psychiatrists. I think it's three of the little countries uh, taking out the historical frustrations of those countries by giving unduly imperious orders to the great powers of Europe, the Germans, the French, and the British in particular. And 
the Germans are used to regimentation, and in any case, they're the most influential country in Europe, so they can tolerate it. Uh, the French and the Italians don't pay any attention to regulation anyway, so it doesn't bother them as much. Uh, although there are other problems in Italy, the implications of having a hard currency, which they haven't had there for 2,000 years. And uh, But in Britain, it is a country that is law-abiding. It doesn't like not to be law-abiding, uh, but it cannot tolerate undemocratic laws, and these laws are just spewing down on them from uh, from Brussels as regulations every week. When I was in business there, we were appalled at what they were telling us to do. And and in, in Britain, unlike in France and Italy, it is not done just to, to ignore it or, or tell the regulator to get lost. So it, it, they, the, what they need is what they may actually miraculously, thanks to the British Prime Minister, be about to get, which, which under threat of Britain leaving, you have what amounts to a common market, and in addition, political integration for those who want it. Now, some of those countries have never had any political institutions that are worthwhile, and they profit from it. They'd be better run from Brussels than, I mean, historically, a Romanian could say that, or a Slovakian could say that, and a few of the other countries, but but not you know, not the British. And uh, so I think it may work, but it's a terrific gamble. If, if, if Europe rejects May's in, initiative. She's finished, and, and I think Europe may be finished, too, for the reason you said. But uh, if if they accept it, it may be she, she gets a lease on life, but broadly speaking, more importantly, it, it could be a relaunch for Europe on a basis that would work. Well, there was a thing called the European Economic Community, or the Common Market and at one time, which... Well. You'd know you'd know quite well, and I knew quite well, and it went away, and the EU was there, and wasn't that grand? It was going to be one big government. Well, that, as you've pointed out very adequately, and and not just on this occasion, doesn't work. But May is sitting there, kind of like uh, the the uh, top end of a fulcrum, and and if she falls one way, she falls, as you point out. If she goes the other way, we wind up what should have been there in the first place, which is a duality. Exactly. Uh, uh, so they suddenly got this idea. Uh, of of a of a basically a unitary state of Europe, Europe as a country. You know, Kissinger famously said, "If I want if I want to speak to Europe, what's their telephone number?" You know, this was before yeah. that. You say when he was Secretary of State. Well, the um, uh, I, I always felt I used to meet these people at conferences all the time for twenty years. That really it was a group of. Uh, uh, I mean, some of them were famous. This, I think, was in the mind of Sir Edward Heath, whom I knew, the uh, former Prime Minister of the UK and the Conservative leader before Thatcher. And, uh, but a, a number of the Germans and the Belgians, I mean, many of those nationalities, had it in their minds that um, if they all stood on each other's shoulders, Europe would be the greatest power in the world again and would be back to before the cascade of horrors that began with World War I a little over 100 years ago. Europe would be the center of the world again. And, uh, and it was added to by the absolutely commendable spirit of these European nationalities, which had been at each other's throats for, for thousands of years uh, to, to compose their differences. I mean, that part of it is a wonderful thing. When they play Beethoven's anthem and so forth, and you see the representatives of all these countries who between them have, 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 have killed each other in scores of millions over the centuries in insane wars that didn't get anywhere. All of that is inspiring, but at the practical level, 
telling people like the British, who've been well served by institutions for nearly a thousand years, that, that, that all of a sudden they have, they have to take their orders from a bunch of out-of-control fiendish bureaucrats in Brussels telling them they can only have one size of condom and how they stack bananas in supermarkets and things like that, <laughs> that won't work. Well, it's true, and and the future rests with May. Let me get in the last minute that we have uh, a, a quick reaction to this. Seems to me that by that yardstick, uh, Trump and and what he tries to do is um, well, I won't say small potatoes, but it's easier to understand. Yeah, and look, he he's just trying to clean up a mess in one country, and he did inherit inherit a mess, and 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 of course, it's a very big country, but it's it's conceptually relatively simple. Uh, and and I was delighted to see, the, I watched the whole of the press conference he had with Mrs. May and it went extremely well, I thought. And, and I think he may actually be able to help her a bit in, uh, in uh, he, I mean, he can muscle the Europeans a little bit to a degree, and I think it's clear that he would be glad to help the British if he can. Conrad Black, always a pleasure to talk to you. The West is a mess, but Europe is where the real troubles are. The name of the column, available in tomorrow morning's National Post. Thank you. Thank you so much, Peter. Always nice speaking with you. Good Take weekend to, all of, to you and all of your, uh, your listeners. Appreciate it.